years, months, you know, weeks, days, take some very, very unexpected twists and turns in our life. And so change is just a very, very normal part of life. And how you deal with change will flavor your life. And it's going to determine some things about your life. The way you respond to change will flavor and determine your life. Your level of enjoyment, it will flavor some things. Your, your life will be very, very sweet if you'll respond to change in a certain way, or it can be very sour. You can just get very bitter and sour at life if it doesn't go as you expected. Uh, also, your level of effectiveness in different areas of life, it, it really depends on how you respond to change. And so this morning we're going to look at how to apply faith to the variety of things we're going to, the, the unexpected encounters, twists and turns, on a grand scale, and then as well as in the little minor details that come off, come up in our life. There's a listening guide if you'd like to follow along. First off, top of the listening guide, we need to understand this. We need to understand that God is directing our lives to fulfill His purpose. He is actually the one calling the real shots in our life. He is directing, or He's sovereign. The Scripture um, lays out, the fact that God is in control, ultimately, of what happens in life. He is sovereign over all the details of our life. Now, we have a role to play in it, but God, He oversees all these little twists and turns that we face. Some of our plans work out, and some of them, we're redirected. And God, what you find out, is He's still in control of these things. And I wanted to just, to, to get started, we're going to look at a Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 16. And uh, you can follow along in your own Bible or you can follow along up here on the screen. Proverbs chapter 16 is about uh, this area of God being in control of our lives and how He is sovereign. He's overseeing what happens. Look at verse 1 together. To man belongs the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. So in our hearts we begin to arrange or place together what we would like to happen. The word plans, it means to place together. So we have an idea. We begin to map out what we think is going to happen in our lives. We place it in our heart in a certain way, in a particular order. Uh, we map out our career. We map out a business plan. You know, we, we know the college we want to go to. We, we know when we want to get married. We, we know how many kids we might want to have. You know, we even make plans for our day, maybe Today after church, maybe you want to go to lunch somewhere, and, and then afterwards you want to take a drive up to the mountains because it's supposed to be snowing, and you know maybe you want to go to Disneyland. Or well, we have all these different plans for our life, and we have a real idea of of how we'd like to see things go in life. But the Scripture says that God is the one who actually determines the answer. He determines the reply, the reply of the tongue, or we give we give God our plans, and then He answers back with yes, no, or wait. And so we, the, the flow of this verse is, you know, we have our plans and then God replies with something. Yeah, I'm going to give you what, you what you plan out, or no, that's not a good thing, or hang on for a while. That's what this verse is saying. And then verse 2 says, All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Not only does God direct the flow of external things that come out of our life, the responses, the replies, but he also is very, very involved in seeing in the inside. He sees right down into the core of who we are, into our motives, 
He weighs the motives. The Scripture says that He's fully aware of the spirit of our plans. This word motive is ruach, which in Hebrew means the spirit. He, he understands the flavor of the spirit. He's, he's able to get down. Sometimes we have plans, and we don't tell anybody why we, we want things to work out a certain way, but we have this secret motive or the secret agenda that we're hanging on to. We think no one knows. Well, God Himself, actually, He's able to weigh out. He's able to look closely at <clears throat> what's behind what we're trying to see come to pass in our life. He sees the motive behind our plans. Look at verse 3. And it says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. This is a, this is a verse that, it's a, it's a really neat picture. This word commit, the Hebrew term is galal. It's a verb that means to roll. So what it is, is you, you roll your plans to God. Basically, you're handing, it's like you're rolling a heavy stone to someone else who can bear the weight of it. When you, there's certain things that we can't handle in our lives. The picture here is that we're rolling those, those things that are too difficult to handle or too too difficult to comprehend, we roll those things to God knowing He is able to carry that. So the, the picture is, God, I, I hand you these things. I trust you with these things. And I trust that you will, you will, you will work out the plan in a way that will be successful for me. That will be blessing for me. God is really in control of what happens. If we'll trust Him, as we hand things to Him, He will do what's pleasing by us. Verse 4 you just walk this through, it says, The Lord works out everything for His own ends. Even the wicked for a day of disaster. You see, in our lives, God is fulfilling a purpose. He's working out His own plans in our own, in our own lives. Even some of the bad things that happen in life, the wicked things that happen in life, He's working things out to, to fulfill His own purposes. He doesn't need to check in with us. He never needs to ask you know, he never calls me on the phone and asks me permission to do what he's going to do in my life or anyone else's life. He just begins to work. Skip down to verse 9. It says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. That's kind of what you saw in that video there. Her life was kind of changing rapidly. It wasn't working out as you know, picture perfect as she had imagined it would have. God actually began to determine some steps that were somewhat different than what she'd expected. And that's how, that's how God works. He gives us enough sight to see the next step before us. And the Scripture says, you know, He'll determine our steps. He'll give us the, if we'll trust Him, He'll give us the ability to see the very next step and move forward. He'll, know, he'll show us what the most important things are so we can make that decision to move forward. But we want to know the long-term plan. We want to be able to see the charted-out course. What God says in the Scriptures is He'll just give you enough to take that next step. The reason why He doesn't give us that whole road map of every little detail is because if He did, we would begin to trust the map. We would put our faith in the map rather than the one who, who can write that map. And so God is trying to get us to depend on Him through, through life. So... In the Bible, if you'll, if you'll trust God, this is called faith. To trust God is, is to have faith. Faith involves two things. 
It involves fearing Him or having what's called the fear of the Lord. and also involves something called trust in the Lord. It's like a coin that has two sides. Fear of the Lord is the front side of faith. It's taking God seriously enough to obey Him, to stay in bounds in life, and then to actually trust Him with the outcome of, the things of, of obeying Him and the things He's asked us to do. And if we'll do that, there's some promises. There's some promises, some things that we can rely on for those who trust Him. This is, just briefly, we'll go through these. The first thing is this. Things will go better for those who fear Him. Things will go better. If you'll decide to take, to fear God means to revere Him or to take Him seriously enough to obey Him. So things will go better for you. Ecclesiastes 8.12 says, Although a wicked man commits a hundred crimes and still lives a long time, I know that it will go better with God-fearing men who are reverent before God. You know, sometimes we see people doing things and we're like, how come they're not, how come their life seems to be better than mine? Well, Scripture makes a promise here that if you'll fear God, if you'll trust Him, your life will truly go better. It will go better for those who take Him seriously and live within His boundaries. This, we need to be very careful that when we see our lives not going the direction we thought, we begin to compare ourselves to other people. Or we begin to think back to our, our mapped out plan, like what this lady had on the screen. And we say, God, what happened? I, I, I told you I wanted this to happen and this to happen and this to happen. That's, at that point is when we need to kick into faith. We need to decide, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that you are working out these steps according to your purpose in my life. There's a reason for these things. I'm going to trust you. I may not understand them all, but I can trust you because you're faithful. You will not rip me off in life. Another thing is that God, God promises to those who trust Him is this Christ followers will have abundant life. Those who follow Christ, those who commit their lives to follow Christ, yield their lives to Him, they will have what's called an abundant life. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said this. He said, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I, come, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This word full, or in some translations it's abundant, it basically just means super abundant, superior in quality, overloading. It's like you hit the mother load in life. This is the promise that God makes to those who will trust Him, is that He will bring abundance into our life. We don't always understand fully what this means in the present. As we take that very next step forward, and as we can't see what's beyond that step, we can't understand how God will bring this full life. But it's as we take the step forward, He begins to show us the next step and the next step. He begins to work out a life of real fruitfulness, of abundance, of, of fullness. That's a promise He makes. Another pr- promise that He gives to those who trust Him is this. The Lord will make our paths straight. Some of you, I'm sure, could guess what that blank was. I know a lot of people say, I try to fill in the blanks before you say them. I just try to guess what they are. So I bet you guessed that one. The Lord will make our paths straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is one of my favorite verses growing up. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. God, we can rely on Him. There's something called providence. If you were to look up the word providence in the dictionary, here's what you'd see. It says that God omnisciently directs the universe and the affairs of humankind with wise benevolence. He is gracious, He is good to us, and He's working things out. He has a providential, He's 
or He's providing a plan for us. He's working something out in our lives. We can trust Him. And if we'll do that, He'll, he'll begin to, to chart a straight path for our lives. You know, God wants to take us directly to some things, not just keep us spinning in circles in life. Sometimes we do things, we work out our own plan, and we, we, we decide to do that without trusting God, not living by faith. And what happens is we find ourselves just going in big, long circles. Years go by and you find yourself at the same place. Five years go by, you go in this big, long circle, and you're like, man, nothing has really changed in my life. All the things I thought would have happened by now, all the things I had hoped for, I'm still right at the same place. It's because we've chosen to not trust God. Oftentimes we just stop walking by faith. We, we, we would rather create our own plan that requires no faith. And then God just keeps taking us back to the same place. We walk in circles. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, God's people, the Israelites, this is what happened. They decided they didn't want to trust God, and so what happened was they just wandered the wilderness. They wandered in circles, not getting anywhere. So God wants to guide us through the turns. He wants to guide us through the changes. It's okay when things happen that weren't according to our plans. It's really okay. God can still work and begin to give us a plan that will be more successful than our own. There's some things we need to be aware of. There are some limits on the guidance that God will give us. Here's some limits on the Lord's guidance. One is, He will not remove all trouble from our lives. He's not going to remove difficult things from from our path. We'll never be able to chart out a life that is trouble-free. It's just not possible. Scripture says in one place that, you know, trouble is as sure as sparks fly upward. That's in Job. This, this verse here, John 16:33. he said, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. It, we find our peace in Christ. He says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. We put our, we put our trust in the one who has overcome the troubles and the care and the trials of this world, but we will walk through them while we're on this earth. We will walk through trouble. In a variety of different forms, we've all faced difficult things. Now, this is an important shift to make in our life. When we quit trying to eliminate trouble, and we begin trying to deal or respond to trouble. See, you and I cannot control the difficult things that we're going to face, but we can deal, we can control our response to trouble. So we need to be prepared for that. Another thing is this, here's another limit on the Lord's guidance, we will never understand everything that's going on. We'll never get to the point where we're like uh, the wisest person on the planet, that we have answers to everything. Everything that happens in our life and everything that happens to everyone else. We're just never going to get to that point where we understand it all. Look at Ecclesiastes 8, 16-17. says, When I applied my mind to, how, to know wisdom and to observe man's labor on the earth, his eyes not seeing sleep day or night, Then I saw all that God has done. No one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. Despite all his efforts to search it out, man cannot discover its meaning. Even if a wise man claims he knows, he cannot really comprehend it. This is is troubling for me. So you're saying, God, that there's some things I just can't ever get my hands around? He's saying, yep, there are. There are just some things that on this earth you will not fully understand the meaning of. I cannot figure out what God is doing in the big scheme of things, but 
I know right now he wants me to choose the, to do right before him. I know I, I, I never know or I never have to wonder if God wants me to choose to do what's right before him. I can always know the answer to that. I also never need to know if I'm supposed to do right before other people. I always need to do right before other people. And, and I always know that he wants to, me to handle my decisions prudently. So there's some things we do know, but then there's a lot of little details that are kind of fuzzy that he's, he's okay to keep them kind of fuzzy. He wants us to trust him. It all goes back to faith. He wants us to just keep trusting him through things. Another thing is he will not make life predictable. This is tough. How many of you are planners? I'm a planner. I, I just, I really like to see how things are going to go down. I want to know that I, I'm somewhat in control of how things are going to go down. The scripture says that he's not going to make life predictable for us. Ecclesiastes, same book, says in chapter 9, verse 1, he says, So I reflected on all of this, and I concluded that the righteous and the wise and what they do are in God's hands. But no man knows whether love or hate awaits him. In other words, we're just not quite sure how the days are going to go. We don't know if good or love, hate, lies around that next corner. We just don't know. So you have to keep life in balance. This is very important to keep in mind. Learning to keep life in balance. Learning to trust God through the, through the turns. Knowing that it's not going to be predictable. In baseball, in the sport of baseball, they say, you can't sit on the fastball. Have you ever heard that? A guy sitting on the fastball. He's sitting on the fastball. What that means is, you know, mo- most people have a very difficult time hitting a curveball. Especially if you're used to someone throwing, you know, 80, 90 miles an hour at you. They're just throwing high heat at you. And you're in the, you're in the batter's box, and this, the pitcher's just delivering nothing but fastballs. If all you're doing is sitting on the fastball, waiting for every fastball, as soon as he throws you a curveball, you're going to be so off speed, you're probably going to lose your balance. Isn't that right? We've got a baseball coach here that can confirm that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you have to keep in balance. In baseball, you have to be prepared to hit any different kind of pitch. An off-speed pitch, a fastball, you just have to be prepared. So in the box, you have to keep your balance. You can't be waiting for that fastball. And the same thing in life. Life is unpredictable. So we have to keep in balance, realizing that, God, I'm, I, I want to respond to whatever comes my way. Whatever happens to me this week, next week. And I mean, most of us just need to think about what's happening this week because we have enough change that goes on in our life from week to week. So as we look at the week ahead, just think, God, help me to keep my life in balance this week. I'd like you to hear just briefly from uh, a guy from our church, Gavin Andrew. He's going to come up here and he's going to share a story about how he, he's be, you know, been learning this in his life. So this is Gavin. Gavin is my son. I actually have a son named Gavin, but this is not my son. So. All right, now that I made enough noise for you guys. Um, I'm going to talk a little, about, a little bit just about how uh, God has directed some things in my life and has changed a few things that I had planned and what I saw fit and didn't seem fit to God. So it started off my senior year at Cal Baptist University. I worked in the admissions office. I was an intern for them. And an admissions counseling position came available. So with the advice of my boss, I applied and went through the interview in November, had a few more interviews in the next few months. 
and it dragged on, and not until February did I finally, I was told I did not get the position. And so I was pretty bummed at the time, but I figured I still had three more months of school. Uh, I had hope that something else would come open at CBU or elsewhere. And middle of March, I applied to become a Riverside Sheriff. So I took the, uh, the first beginning test, passed that, did the physical training, passed that. Then went through the background process, the lie detector test, the interview. Um, felt like an open book for the first time in my life, but it was all laid on the table there. And during that process, I, did, I started to get second thoughts. And at that time, another position was available at CBU and still being an intern there. And again, with the advice from my boss, he said, go for it, apply. He's like, you know, we had a good shot on this one. And I felt really comfortable, and I started making plans. I, I planned out that was going to be my job. I, I knew where I was going to live. I knew who I was going to marry. I, I had all these plans, and I was like, yeah, I'm in control, and I know what I'm doing. Well, after I applied, went through the interviews, uh, as a course of about two days, I found out I once again did not get the position. That hurt a little bit more the second time around. Um, I withdrew my application from Riverside Sheriff's and to pour salt on an already open wound. My car was uh, totaled while it was parked in front of a friend's house during the middle of the night. So I got to wake up at 5 in the morning to a totaled Camaro 20 feet from where I parked it. And the worst thing was uh, the guy somehow drove away in his car. I'm not sure how that one worked out still, but never, never got a hold of him. So once again, I was looking for a, a job. And I thought about subbing, and I was like, well, I might as well look at the Christian schools around Riverside and, and find what, what's available. And my aunt and my cousin goes to Riverside, or Woodcrest Christian. I almost made a plug for Riverside Christian. Um, so I applied uh, for a math position at Woodcrest Christian. I didn't know what math level they were looking for, but I figured I've had some math experience, and I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I go in for an interview on Thursday. This is two weeks before the school year begins. Uh, have an interview with the two principals. Come back the next day for, with the superintendent. Get the position. And in two weeks before school, I had to learn how to become a math teacher and learn how to become a teacher in general. So it, it was a very, very scary process. But I now teach eighth grade algebra one and pre-algebra and a class of Bible. People always ask me why I teach eighth grade. And I say, uh, God's, God's humorous. But... Um, Proverbs 16.9, what we discussed earlier with Josh, is a verse that is a, a life verse for me. It says, the mind of man um, plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And if you come into my classroom above the whiteboard, you see that verse written out. And it really just shows that God is in control of our lives. He, um, I had all these plans. I knew where I was going. God laughed and said, I got a better way. And sure enough, I love my job. I, I coach baseball year-round, and I couldn't be happier where I am. But it was God's uh, direction and God's steps that really changed my life. And uh, still got to marry the girl who I wanted, so it worked out for all of us. So thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. He shared that story in a... Uh, a small group that we're in together, and it's just it reminded me of this, this message, and just what we're looking at. How God, you know, He, he may change our plans, and it's okay. So, th- how do you face change in faith? If you flip over your listening guide, just look briefly at this. The first thing is this: never argue with God. Never argue or quarrel with God. 
Isaiah 45.9 and 64.8 says this. 45.9 says, Woe to him who quarrels with his maker, to him who is but a potsherd among the potsherds on the ground. A potsherd is a piece of pottery. In case we're wondering. Piece of pottery on the ground. Okay. Does the clay say to the potter, What are you making? Does your work say, He has no hands? Kind of a confusing verse there. Um, what it's saying is that, you know, a piece of clay that has been worked on or created by a potter, it's ridiculous if it ever were to talk back. Pieces of pottery don't talk. In case you didn't know that, they do not talk. And so there's some humor in this verse. He's saying, you know, does the pottery, the piece of pottery ever ask the, the potter questions? Does he say things like, why, you know, what are you making? Or does he say, you have no hands? Of course he has hands. He made you. There's just, it's a ridiculous statement. It's just intending to talk about the fact that you don't argue with, with God. You don't argue with your Creator. It's foolish. Look at 64.8. And Isaiah says, Yet, O Lord, You are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of Your hands. So set your heart on what God wants you to do. On the large scale of life. Stay focused on what God wants you to do. Not the how, not the where, not all the whys, but the what. It's most important to just, God, what do you want me to do? And trust Him with the details of the how, the where, the why. Okay, Because it's in those little details that we get thrown off and we get very focused and invested. But if we'll trust Him with just, God, what do you want me to do? Ephesians chapter 1 talks about how that we exist for the praise of His glory. That's why we're here. We exist to bring God praise. We have a mission to do in this world, but ultimately we exist to bring praise and honor to God. That's, that's why, why He's made us, to reflect His image, to bring Him glory. And so that's the big what. God, what do you want me to do that would bring you praise, honor, and glory? That's the, the ultimate purpose. But don't argue with Him about the little details. Look at this next thing is, is how to face the change in faith is surrender to God's will every day. Every single day. Matthew 6.10 talks about this. But from our perspective, we make our plans and we want the day to go a certain way. And then when it doesn't go a certain way, we fuss about it. We get all ticked off. We fume about it. We get angry. In reality, what we find out is that everything that flows into our life first has to pass through the hand of God. Nothing that comes into our life is accidental. But God sees to it that He supervises the affairs of our life. Even when bad things happen, God is not the source of evil, but God will use the wicked for His own purposes, as Scripture says. So while we're fussing and we're fuming, while we're getting frustrated, what happens oftentimes is we miss the opportunity to respond to something God is trying to do in our life. We miss the opportunity to obey Him. We miss the opportunity to get a glimpse of His his story that He's trying to write in our life. What we want to do is we want to write the story of our lives. And what God wants to do is He he has a plan. He's working out something. And so He wants us to trust Him. To surrender to Him each day. There's a pattern of prayer in the New Testament. We call it often the Lord's Prayer. Or 
And Jesus, he prays this prayer. He, says, he gives a pattern of prayer. This then is how you should pray. This is Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, or 9 and 10. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The pattern of the prayer he's talking about here is to surrender your will to God on a daily basis. God, I have my plans, but I'm going to give them to you. I trust that you're going to work something good out of it. And, and this, um, for those of us who've decided to walk with God and become Christians and make Him the boss of our life, what this looks like is it's a daily surrender. It's a handing over and say, God, I don't know what lies before me today. I don't know what changes I'm going to face. I don't know if I'm going to keep this job. I don't know if I'm going to keep the money that I have in the bank. I don't know if something's, I'm going to have an accident. But God, you know, would you work out your will in my life? Would you do some things? Would you help me trust you through the, through the change? Surrender your, your will to him each day. The third thing is this. Com, is, uh, make your plans in faith. Make your plans in faith. This goes back to Proverbs 16.3. Commit, this is a different translation. It says, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. Again, roll your plans to God. Say, God, I, I, these are things that I need you to take. I need you to carry. And I'll trust you. Go ahead and make your plans, but focus on the what. Focus on what He wants you to do and trust Him in the midst of the turns. James chapter 4, I don't think we have it on the outline, but James 4, 13 through 15 is a verse that I, that I love. It says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. And then He says, Why? You, don't even know, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. He says, what is your life? You are a mist. You are here for a little while and then you vanish. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. It's more important, Scripture says, to just learn to say, Lord willing. God, I have my plans, but Lord willing, I'll carry these things out. And sometimes people say, hey, you know, they want to nail you down on something. And it's better to just answer, Lord willing, I'll be there. If the Lord allows me to do that, great. But to, to, to just make your plans in faith, to realize that you have to hold your life and your plans with an open hand, giving God the ability to change some things around. Chuck Smith, one of the leaders of, a, of the, Calvary, the leader of the Calvary Chapel movement, he said, blessed are the flexible, for they will not be broken. That's a really, that's a neat spin on this, this just trusting God. Blessed are the flexible, for they will not be broken. It's really important to just let God keep you flexible. It's just to trust him. The last thing is this, trust God to fulfill his purpose for you. As you're going through the changes, just trust God to fulfill his purpose for you. Psalm 138.8 says, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. What you're dealing with right now, the change that you're facing right now that you didn't expect is no surprise to God. And he can work through the challenges. If you'll trust him. Another verse I want to share with you. Psalm 142.3. We'll close with this. It says, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, you knew my path. I just find that very comforting. When our spirit on the inside is just racing with emotion because of the changes that we're facing, the things that we didn't expect, we can trust God because he, he knew this. He knows our path. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word and for the comfort that you bring within it. And that 
Lord, it's true. You know our path. You know the good. You know the bad. You know the trouble. You know the victory. Lord, You know the steps that are before us. And Lord, You also know how we're going to get there. And so, Lord, the best thing for us is to simply trust You, God. To trust You with the details of our life. God, together, we, we, we really we just ask You to give us faith, Lord. Help us to choose faith in the midst of change. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.